The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect the views of Elk Grove High School or District 214. Welcome to School Chat, getting to the purpose of schools and making meaningful changes to the lives of learners. I'm your host, Mark Hunt. I'm sitting down with Pat McGain. He is a CTE teacher down at Elk Grove High School and he teaches a multitude of courses, um, intro to engineering, aerospace, and what's the new course that you're teaching? Uh, Design 214. Um, it's an uh, after-school program held at Forest View where students who applied uh, to be in the course, but the end result or end goal for the class is for the students to design or redesign and remodel a home that a, the district purchased. So district purchases a house, they give it they essentially say, here it is, and we walk it, we model it, and then we redesign it. Um, so what's your role as a teacher in that process? Purely facilitator. We're the adults in the room to make sure that they do truly understand what goes into a house and that they're following code. So if a kid wants to move a wall, do you have final say over that, or are they really in charge of it for the most part, unless it violates code? Yeah, I mean, we, are, we do have final say, but... In most cases, it's we let them have their use their best judgment. There's a lot of trust in that process. I mean, you have kids who are taking a house, and I can't imagine it's super cheap, and they are really being tasked to design, and then they do go out and have the house built that way. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, we do everything from the design, and then on top of that, um, just cost estimates. Um, so the district. Does uh, the cost, being able to do a cost estimate with students um, goes to show just how much students go and like go put in behind it. So what does that look like on a daily basis? Like when you have that course, what are, what are you doing in there? Or not you necessarily, what are the kids doing? <laughs> we'll see. I, we don't truly know yet. Um, in the past, because it's been held, it used to be a competition where each school in the district designed uh, brought a design to the school board and they would pitch it and um, one of them was selected and that one was built uh, but you just couldn't put a you couldn't truly do it within just a regular school day um, that's such a large undertaking um, so that's hence why we branched off um, so because of that uh, we now just have more time to really think through different ideas um, in that classroom setting just be kids are really collaborative and learning on the spot. Yes, very much so. It's um, it'll be interesting to see because there's so many students from diff the different schools in the district, so they bring a lot of different backgrounds. That's really cool too that there's all these kids coming in and they have their diverse experiences, and then that integration of those ideas really leads to probably a better product. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at just how diverse all the high schools in the district are. So them bringing their backgrounds of kind of what they picture as a house or a, a, as a home, like the definition of what a home is to them, uh, does bring a lot of aspects to it. Is that part of that course where you actually sit down and say, like, what is the, the home essence? What is our definition of a home? Um, it could be. <laughs> uh, we, I mean, 
we've had one class so far. It's truly in the development stage. Um, we, we look at everything that needs to be in a home for it to function, but then, um, you know, you do, you do sell a house on just that feeling of what it, what it means to that individual when they walk in. So kids then, when they graduate from District 214, if they're in this project, they will have real-world architecture experience that has been at least in development and potentially could be being built as they graduate. Yeah, it should be being built, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that is a really it's cool experience. More than, yeah, more than probably 99% of the population, yeah. yeah. Um, that's very authentic. Um, so this gets to something that you and I have been working on. Um, we've been trying to come up with a definition of learning for our school so that we're all on the same page, kind of that same idea that your kids are kind of going through is what is learning, yet what is a home, kind of getting on that same page. And you and I met with uh, eight or so other teachers um, this past month, and we came up with a definition. Um, and I would like to read it to you and to the listeners here. Um, Learning is the integration of values or importance to the individual. Um, and we, we really wanted to define values as not just what's right and wrong, but what is important to them. Um, and so it's the integration of values and beliefs with new and relevant information, skills, and or abilities for long-term application in life and outside of the immediate task. And then we decided that it wasn't just enough to define it, but we wanted to talk about what the process of learning is and what the product is. And so we said the process of learning is an ever-evolving journey that includes engaging tasks and processes, emphasizes voice and shapes meaning and authenticity along the way. The product of all of this is an ever-evolving worldview that development of skills and awareness to continually evaluate and reflect upon themselves and the world around them. Um, I've been in the district now for 13 years, and it sounds like your project, that course that you are doing, really encapsulates our definition of yeah. learning. I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> I, I, I think most of our, most of the CTE classes do encapsulate that. I mean, yes, they're, they're an elective, so typically students choose to be there, so they have that interest, they have that background. Um, but so much of the learning that's going on is just kids exploring, right? And us giving us giving them feedback in some way. Um, we always love for them to have some kind of physical end product or virtual, like it might be computer-based, but um, for that end product to be, correct's not the right word, but something that's valued by the students, there's a lot of learning that goes just throughout that journey, so. So how do you get them to be more reflective in that process? Oh, that's, um, I think what I've attempted to do more this year is um, verbalize like what, what goes through my head as I kind of um, picture what they're doing. So, I mean, a lot of when you're trying to problem solve, you have to reflect on what steps have I taken to get to this point, you know, Usually it's, where did I go wrong? So what do I need to change? And I try to verbalize that, you know, if I'm doing a demonstration or something, um, so students can see it and hear it, maybe what that looks like. So you are demonstrating how you're a learner, not just the sage, and you've gone through it all so you know all the right answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that and then just trying to 
plug reflective activities as much as I can. Um, that's been a big goal now for actually a year. So this has been, the beginning of the semester would be one year of that. So you, um, let's say a kid goes through and, and com tries to complete your project and they, they make a mistake at some point along the way and the product doesn't end up how it should have. And they're really good in their reflection. How do you kind of integrate those two, you know, here's what our standard was, but we, we really also want them to be reflective since they are students. Uh, I've been, over the, this past semester specifically, it's been discussion-based with that student. I've always told for years now, I don't care about the end product. Um, and it's, it's really, you have to be so subjective on how you assess an end product of a student because how we usually design the projects for students is they're all going to end up with a different project. So which you can't just say that one's an A when someone else went through the same process more or less, but you just don't like it. I don't know. And uh, so what I've looked at is, you know, did you complete the steps to get to this point? And if you did do all the steps, you kind of had to do them correctly. Right? You couldn't get that end product without doing correctly. So again, a lot of that just kind of daily problem solving and reflective process through that. And at the end, um, I've had students kind of do written reflections. I've had dis discussion reflections with students um, I've kind of taken your advice and flat out asked students, what grade do you think you get, should have on this? Because um, I've always struggled with how do I put this in the grade book? Like how do you put a reflection in the grade book? When I first started doing reflections, I would like, all right, I want to do a reflection because like, I think that's a lot more beneficial than a letter grade. And then I found myself starting to assess and grade the reflection and putting what I thought how well they did the reflection which still takes away um, from that uh, so I know, I'm kind of at the point of you did all the steps I see your written reflection we've discussed about it now just because I have to put something in the gradebook what should I put in there and then we kind of move forward now, I know your journey has not been uh, very linear. You know, I know no. you've taken a lot of steps back, and I appreciate you being, you know, open and honest because a lot of us are going through that same journey of what does this look like? How do we get kids to be that collaborative, reflective, curious, continuing on uh, learner? And you know, I really appreciate you attempting to live that definition on a daily basis and sitting down and sharing that story with, you know, hopefully others who are in that same process. Yeah, thanks. It's hard.